microphone is working, and it's, uh, it's wonderful to be here again. Uh, last time I was here was Easter, and it seems like it's uh, always it seems to be a holiday when I get invited. And I really uh, plan to talk about experiencing God when I said I would come up. And then I looked at the calendar and the hey, Father's Day. It's Father's Day tomorrow, so I knew I should speak about Father's Day. And um, I'm just so glad that uh, this such a loving church today, a small, small group that's uh, filled with the Spirit. And let me say one more prayer before we go on. Our Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that on Father's Day, you're number one. And we are glad to be your children. And we come here to praise you, Lord. And we pray for even a, a double portion of your spirit today. And bless every heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, I thank Michael for telling some of the story of the prodigal son. And um, how many of you know the story of the prodigal son pretty well? Some don't know it uh, at all, maybe, and no. some kind of know it. You know, when I looked at it uh, very closely the last couple of days, and, um, and I, I just realized that the it's probably one of the most important uh, texts in the whole Bible. Amen. Because, um, because Jesus crafted every word of the story to help us understand God's love for us. So the prodigal son story, even though you might be a, a daughter, it's about God's love for you for every one of you. And uh, as uh, Michael, Michael told some of the story, the son, evidently, the, the father is very wealthy. And in the story, that represents God. And the son, there he had two sons. One was uh, very obedient and content at home, but the other son, he wanted to go out and see what was, uh, what was out there in the world. And so he, not only he left home, but he asked his father for his inheritance before he could go. He didn't want to wait for the father to die until he could get his portion. And uh, he went off to some places like uh, Nevada or uh, free living, easy living, Hollywood, or, or who knows, uh, some of those places. And, and uh, he was very popular and very well liked for a while until the money ran out. And uh, who knows all the things that, um, that the son might have got into, but then the money ran out. And what do you do when the money runs out? You have to go to work. And, um, and he got a, some work someplace just feeding some pigs. And, and he feed those pigs and, 
and he said, he thought even the food for the pigs was looking good to him. He was so low. And, um, and he thought about the people who worked for his father, how well they were treated, how much they had to eat. And, and uh, he thought, well, if, if I could just be even a servant in my father's house would be better off than working here and feeding these pigs. And he decided, he took that first step to start going back towards home, and towards God. And uh, that's where our, our, our scripture reading today is on the bottom of the bulletin. And it is... Uh, what he said was, I will get up and go to my father. And I'm going to say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Just make me as one of your hired men. So he got up and he came to his father. But while the father, uh, while the son was still a long ways away, maybe just coming over the hill from San Bernardino, the father was looking out and he saw him coming. And he got up and he ran. The father got up and he ran towards the boy and and he did an amazing thing. And he, he hugged him and he kissed him. And I don't think the boy had a chance to get the words out of his mouth because the father loved him so much. He was so glad to see him that he had come home. And um, what a wonderful story. And this represents God's love for us when we take that step back towards him. Maybe some of you have never been out and come back to God, but maybe some of you had a, a childhood conversion. Maybe some of you had a midlife conversion. Uh, maybe some haven't fully experienced all of God's love yet. But, uh, and after the, after the, the father also told his servants, um, get some clothes for my boy, put some clothes on him. He must have looked pretty rugged. And he said, um, put some shoes on his feet and a ring, ring on his hand. And I know he didn't, Jesus didn't know what Seventh-day Adventists believed, but um, he, uh, he said, uh, and uh, butcher the fatted calf. This was the calf that you would keep for the big celebration. And you made sure that it was fed well. And, and so then they began to uh, celebrate. Then the other son came home, 
who had been obedient, stayed there with dad, and, uh, and uh, then the other son was a little bit jealous, a little bit angry. He said t- to the father, and I guess the other son could represent some of us too at some times. He said to the father, why, why, uh, I've stayed here with you and served you so, so well, and, uh, and you never even gave me a goat to celebrate with my friends. And here that son of yours who, who wasted all of your money on high living and, and, um, and uh, other things, he, uh, he comes home and you, you celebrate like this and, and give him everything. And the, the, uh, the father said, son, it's right that we should celebrate like this because your brother was dead and now he's alive. And, um, and that's an amaz- amazing story. Yeah, we could even, we could even uh, find uh, born again right there in that Bible verse. Your son was dead and now he's alive. But when we come back to the Lord, we take on a new life, a brand new life. And um, so I hope that um, some of you will read the, the prodigal son story. It's Luke chapter 15. And uh, sometimes, you know, I'm a hospital chaplain. I used to be a pastor, now I'm a hospital chaplain. And uh, you wouldn't believe that every day I'd give away Bibles, daily bread, guideposts, little prayer books. And, and, and this week a man asked me for, you know, we were looking out the window from the hospital, what a great view. And he said something, and I said something about um, what's going to happen in Revelation. You know, he said, time is going fast. Uh, I said something about, well, I think that thousand years that we spend in heaven is going to really go fast. And that got his attention, you know. And he, said, he was 50 years old, suddenly found himself in the hospital in a cardiac unit. And... Uh, he said, you know, I'd really like to have a, one of those little tiny Bibles. And, and I, I said, I could, I could get you a Bible, but you're not going to be able to read it. You need some reading glasses, too. And I said, I got some reading glasses. I'll bring you. And, uh, and then when I brought the Bible, he said, you know, I'm not very familiar with the, with the, with the Bible. Could you write down some places, some verses for me? where I might start, and you might just think of what verses you would write. Maybe this one, John 3, 16, Psalm 23, and some other things, John 3, 17. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn us, but that through his son we could be saved. Well, I have a few thoughts about the, the prodigal son story. You know, I had to leave, and I didn't work at that hospital the next day. 
by the time I went back, the man was gone. But I, I wanted to go back. I wondered how much he had read and uh, how it might have, God might have uh, affected him. But here, it's Father's Day. It's almost Father's Day, and happy Father's Day to all the men. And um, we, the women had their day first, Mother's Day, and God created women in his likeness also. And um, today we're just looking at how uh, God created man in his likeness, but also at the likeness of God himself, at his character. Now, the father in this story, of course, is a good father, isn't he? he um, he's a perfect father. This, if Jesus told this story, then this must be what the perfect father would do if he's telling the story about his own father. To think of Jesus telling this story, he, Jesus wants us to know his father's love, how much his father loves us, that he would send his son into this world. And, uh, you know, as pastors, as women might wonder, what am I going to cook for dinner? Pastors are often thinking, what am I going to preach about this week? And uh, one time I was at my desk, it was nighttime, and I'm alone in my house, and, and I felt God come up behind me, and he said, assure them of my love. And what a wonderful thing to assure people of God's love. Uh, in his love, everything has come in his love by creating the whole universe for, because he loves us, that he's gonna have children. And if we love our children, we love children, our husbands and wives and others, we can understand how God loves us. And he gives us love that we can respond to. And when we do that, we really make the connection. Yeah. Jesus told this story about the Father because he's picturing his heavenly father, our heavenly father. And this, uh, the boy, he certainly didn't do anything to merit um, the love that the father poured out upon him, except he was the son, he's the son. And that's what we are, God's children. And um, after spending all of the father's money, I mean, his share of the money, whatever that was, half, would it be half or a quarter or a third or something? Um, he came back. And so this uh, parable was crafted by Jesus himself and to show that his father has open arms for us, our father. What a wonderful thing that we could call God our Father. And all of this comes through Jesus. Um, you know, the, the Jehovah's Witnesses, they want to tell you what God's name is. And that's good. We know Jehovah. But, you know, my dad's name was Lloyd. 
but I never called him Lloyd. That would be an, an insult to go walk up to my dad and say, hello, Lloyd. Uh, I mean, it shows to be call him dad, and it shows who we are. And so to call, to relate to God as our father, what a, what a personal, um, that's the door of, we talk about open the door of our heart to God, but also, you know, God's, the door to his heart is open to us as we will come in and um, be comfortable there. So this story tells how much God loves you. What could be more important? I know this, in, in this world, there's all these things that we can see, and they seem so important to us, and they are. The, the paint on my house, uh, the lawn, the cars, and the people at work, and all the things, our bank account, and all these things that we can see. And all the people in the church today, how wonderful. But the, the thing about God's love, that's the most important thing in the world for us. And um, some of the aspects about his love, this story tells us that God's love doesn't have any limits. No, I, uh, if there was a breaking point, certainly this kid had would have reached it, huh? God, Dad, I don't want to wait till you die. Give me some money now. I could imagine saying that to my dad. Oh, what a what a horrible thing to say. Oh. <laughs> I don't want to stay around here all my life. Give me the money so I can go have some fun, go live, see the world. And uh, so if there was a, a, a line in the sand that, that the kid cr crossed, he, he did it, you know. Um, if there was a breaking point where you couldn't come back, it's too late, just too late. Um, the kid would have actually passed it, surely, but and who know, we wouldn't even have to go in to all the thousands or hundreds of thousands of sins that he committed while he was gone, you know, if you thought about that. But um, here Jesus wants us to know very clear that from the, his Father's perspective, just as Jesus spoke, there is no condemnation to those who come to come. And uh, the father did not greet him with the anger. But, um, you know, you can imagine all the things that the father might have said. Well, I knew you'd come crawling back. Um, now, what do you, now, you know, but, but the father just greeted him with a kiss a hug and a kiss. And the father, he um, greeted him with open arms. And so I don't care what you've done. You don't have to, um, to be afraid of coming back to God. And of course, I'm preaching to the choir. It doesn't, none of you, uh, you 
or the prodigal child, but maybe we know somebody who is, and we can always encourage them to just uh, come to God as you are. Somebody doesn't have to break their habits, get new clothes, even take a bath before they uh, come to God. And how do they do it? To say a prayer, God help me, God. We don't, we don't have to move one inch to come back to God. We could do it in a prayer and, um, and God will, will come to us. And, and I think some of you probably have some stories uh, about yourself or other people who uh, have come back to the Lord. And uh, I uh, <clears throat> have a, a few points. Okay, God's love is also very patient. Patient, he waited. He waited. God is so full of love that he, he, he knew the son would come back. But um, he waited and, and um, we don't know how long the son was gone. Jesus didn't say anything about time. So um, I don't know how long and how much, how much money he had, how long it took to spend it, but how long he worked in the pig farm. But um, we know that um, the father keeps looking for us to take that one turn towards him. It's full of love, just waiting for us to uh, turn towards him. And um, the father sees from a long distance. The father saw this son coming from a long distance because um, he, was, he was just full of hope and uh, desire, the father desiring us to come back to him. And, um, and maybe some, even though some of us haven't gone far away, maybe we could come closer. You know, we could always come closer. Ellen White said the time is coming when people will desire a much closer walk with God, much closer relationship with God than they have had. She was talking to people of her time. So I want to say that certainly I think the time has come that we want a closer walk with God. I meet people from every religion, and it doesn't matter if they're um, Baptists or Jehovah's Witness or Catholics or what, they think the time is near that God is going to bring things to an end by events they see happening in the world. And uh, yes, we believe the time is near too. Now, a third thing is that God's love is very eager, eager to have us and to hold us as he got up and ran. This is the only place in the Bible where, where God uh, is pictured as running. You know, he wouldn't run away, but running towards, towards some, someone full of love. What a wonderful thing. And, uh, and the thing is that, that right now we're already there and we're, we're basking in his love, aren't we? 
Yes, what a wonderful thing. And the details that Jesus told about the, his, his father, that the father is overwhelmed with joy because his sinful son has come home. Sinful son. And he ran. These details might have stunned the Pharisees, right? Because, and some Adventists too. Again, I'd say, didn't Jesus know what Seventh-day Adventists believe? Uh, but, you know, we really believe that we're saved by God's unmerited favor. And, and not by our works. It's easy to get off that, you know, when we start talking about other things, but we need to get back in line with saved by grace. Yes? And we keep his commandments because we love him. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And so Jesus wants us powered by love, not little robot obedient uh, people bumping into each other, you know. Um, so uh, thinking about the, the, Fer the Pharisees, how could Jesus be so brazen to portray God running eagerly, throwing his arms around a sinner. Oh, to the Pharisees, that's so unclean. Unclean, unclean. And that's not how they imagined God. And that's not, that's not how they presented God to anybody. And Jesus was trying to correct things so people could see the real image of God, that he's full of love, and grace. And Jesus told this story for us, for the people of all time, that God has extravagant love for us. I can smell the food in the kitchen. It's not going to be long. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, a wonderful thing to smell food in God's house. Yes. And when I, when I start smelling the bread, I know it's about time to land to take land the plane and stop at the end of the runway yes well the son had prepared that speech but the the father just ignored this just about ignored the son's um, apology and he doesn't shout at the son he shouts at the servant Hey, bring these things for my son. Bring these things for my son. He, he, even the servants were probably astounded at the joy of, the, this, of their master. Huh. Uh, we're going to have a celebration. This is my son. He's come back. He shouted at the servants, quickly, bring a new robe, butcher that fatted calf, put some shoes on my son's feet, a ring on his finger, and, a, and we're going to celebrate. Now, the boy, he had uh, learned his lesson, though. That's a, that's a point. He did have to, he did decide, you know, he saw the light, and he started to come back towards the light, his father's love. He's, and you know where we, you know where, just Jesus told this story about his father's house, didn't he? 
his father's house. That's where is Jesus right now? I'm going away to prepare a place for you on my father's house. My father's mansion has many rooms. I'm going to prepare a place for you now. So there's a connection here with this story and the house that we're heading toward in heaven. Um, another point is that um, the Father's love at all times is focused on the person, not on the sin. On the person, not on the sin. You know, many years ago, my wife ran off with her, her boss. And she was a legal secretary. And, uh, you know, after a, after a little while, you know, I can remember saying, you know, I, I don't care what you've done. If you want to come home, come home. I want, when you love somebody, you're not uh, focused on the sin, but on the person. There, and that's the love God has for us, you know. Gee, uh, she never came back, but <laughs> poor girl. She's looking for love. She's on her, I think she's on her fourth husband now, but I was number one. Now, final point, God's love is joyful. What a wonderful thing. You know, sometimes, in, sometimes we can be a little, sometimes I wonder, I, I'm a member in Loma Linda, but I wish I could preach a sermon down there about people being friendly and smiling. That you walk around the campus and people don't even say hello. Um, and, uh, and uh, I mean, God is exciting. God, full of love. I was born in Loma Linda. And, and I would like to preach that sermon. God is a very joyful about loving us. And, uh, and we should be joyful about loving each other, too. Of course, we don't, we're not going to overdo it, but, but um, it's good to know that God loves us with that kind of love. The returning to God is a, it, that God is amazingly joyful about our return. Now, what did Jesus say just before Jesus preached, uh, just before Luke chapter 15, Jesus had said that there is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. Joy in heaven. In heaven, yes. And our Heavenly Father, we know he's with us in a sense, but he's in heaven with them too. Oh, what a wonderful future we have. So, well, my, ser my sermon ends with since it's Father's Day, it is that God has made us in his likeness. Now, maybe you could remember sometimes that your father loved you with this kind of love, or that you loved your children with this kind of love. You know? I, I remember one time I crashed my dad's car into a telephone pole. And I had to tell him when he woke up the next morning, where's the car? 
oh no. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, of course, my dad was a little, not a good thing to wake up to. And he could go to work in the truck, of course. But, um, but after my dad came home, you know, he was more peaceful. And he, and he told me that he remembered one time that him and his brother had borrowed, their, taken their dad's a Model T truck into town in Texas, you know, into town for supplies and coming back. They rolled it. And, uh, and so, it, it, you know, it helped to remember what we've all gone through, too. Our parents were kids once. And, uh, and I hope that we just all continue to experience the, the love of God in this way and respond to God's love. When we're alone, a little prayer, God, I, God, I, I love you, too. And the reason I'm here right now is, the reason I'm here right now, you know, God called simple fishermen, right? And um, in 1990, I, was, uh, I worked for air conditioning company. And I said this simple prayer, God, I want to get to know you better. And God told me in a dream that night, go to La Sierra University and serve me. And so it's been a long journey. But um, yesterday for uh, Facebook, I always try to post something, one thing a day. I would think I need some picture of my dad. And I was looking through these pictures, and I came across a lot of pictures of me. Oh, there's me after I started going to church. Here's me after I started going to the university. Oh, here's me as a pastor. And, uh, and then God inspired me with that uh, Kenny Rogers song, Through the Years. Through the years, I, you never let me down. You know, you turned my life around. And um, I hope you all can experience that wonderful uh, love of God every day and as fathers and, and mothers and children, we all, we all made in God's image. And there's more for us to enjoy. Let's see, are we going to have a closing song hymn? Okay. And uh, after the hymn, I'll do the closing prayer. I could say the prayer now. That's just, okay. Okay, let's just. Um, a prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we're just so thankful again to be your children and to be amazed at your, at your precious love. And we pray that you continue to open our eyes and come into our hearts and bless our children and bless our country, Lord to always be a one nation under God. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.